Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing and following. It's Justin Hahnemann, the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas. Today in the beverage space, we're in coffee. Chamberlain Coffee. Many of you probably know the name Chamberlain Coffee. I can't even wait to unpack, no pun intended, this brand today and learn all about it and where it came from and where we're headed with it. Um, on the podcast today is Chris Gallant. He's the CEO of Chamberlain. Man, it's so great to have you on the podcast. Amazing to be here. Thanks for having me on. I'm so glad this worked out. Um, you know, I knew the brand, but it's so fun. Like, I, I do homework on each episode before we get on the air, obviously. And uh, I had so much fun learning about you and your beverage background, which we'll talk about in a minute. And then also um, this brand and the niche it's got in the market. So I can't wait to, to, to dive into that. Um, let's do this first. So, what's I said before we even hit record, I love that you came up through beverage. Like, you worked with some major brands. So, share with our audience some of your background before coming over to Chamberlain. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I started out in consulting uh, at Bain & Company, post-business school, and really found a love for the industry there. Um, Worked for a few different beverage clients and um, spent time throughout North America and the Caribbean. uh, Worked for those clients, helping with everything from, um, you know, HR and org structure to how to set up distribution in small countries in uh, in the Caribbean to... Uh, some M&A activity. And so I left um, from there, I left and I went to work for the M&A team at Heineken. And we acquired a, a large brewer called FEMSA or the, the brewing assets of a company called FEMSA, uh, which is Coke bottler as well in Mexico and Brazil. So I spent a couple of years living in Brazil, working on that deal um, and then helping with the marketing team post deal uh, on some of the brands out there. And uh, it just, again, Love the beverage space, moved back to New York City, started my own brewery with a partner uh, and sold that seven years later. And it's since been uh, a big and small company. So um, from there, I went to Red Bull and I think I discovered I was probably a square pig in a round <laughs> right. hole back in a large company. I mean, great company, great story brand. Uh, but I think, you know, having worked for myself for, for seven years was probably a better fit for, for startups. Uh, and so I went to work for a kombucha company and am now at Chamberlain Coffee. I love that. So, okay, really cool role at Chamberlain. Um, interesting brand, right? And its history. Talk about mm-hmm. the brand, where it came from, and then how you got attracted to it. Yeah, absolutely. So the brand was started by Emma Chamberlain, who's a, a creator, podcaster, a Gen Z star. She loved coffee. Um, and you know, one of the things that really attracted me to this brand was that it wasn't a brand that had a celebrity name slapped on. I mean, she was or had been talking about coffee throughout her whole uh, career as a creator. Uh, and so it was kind of a natural fit and or, like an authentic origin story. Uh, so I really like that about it. And she's also really involved in the brand as well. And so it continues that story of authenticity uh, when we sell this to our consumers. So um, love that connection with, with the talent. Uh, product was great. And then the team behind it, um, from everyone from the folks that were working at the company uh, to the VCs, uh, that we're helping power it. Um, we're all like, single-mindedly focused on on the same goals, and uh, it was just a huge opportunity I couldn't pass up. It's pretty cool. Um, when you get you got there, you've been there a little over two years now. Um, what, what what was the brand doing then? What has changed over the last two years since you've been a part of it? It's been an interesting time to be at a brand like this, and um, I'm curious yeah. to hear what you've seen over those two years. Yeah, absolutely. When we started, uh, we were selling 
bags of coffee and single syrup sachets of coffee all online uh, or, you know, when the company started. And, you know, when I joined, really, I want to move into two, two different things. One is I want to move into new coffee formats. And so you can see we just released pods. Um, we have larger cold brew bags, flavored coffee, uh, and some new stuff coming out later this year, uh, as well as teas. Um, tea has been a huge category for us. So that was sort of the one big piece I wanted to pivot on. And then the second is a move to retail. And if you think about where people buy coffee, they still largely buy it at the grocery store on their, on their weekly trip. And so I said, hey, if we want to continue to grow at this rate and even accelerate, we need to be, we need to be there, right? When sure. people are making their buying decisions. So that's, that's our focus now is new formats and retail. Got it. Interesting. And man, I was looking at the reviews online, uh, just through Amazon store, whatnot, incredible product reviews, like nearly five star on all these products. Um, talk about, you know, the, the, the marketing of the brand and, and brand building beyond Emma. Like what have you had to do to get the yeah. message out and the word out about your product? Yeah. I mean, you, you think about the five stars, that's, we've got an amazing brand, but the five stars come from product quality. Right. And you, you've got to have that. That's, that's table stakes. Totally. Right. Um, if you don't have that, then you can, you can pack up and go home. So we spend a lot of time thinking about where we source our coffee from, who we uh, work with for roasting and packaging. And so that's sort of the, the biggest first piece. And I think that drives a lot of the stars. Like, you know, talent-led brands, the talent can bring people in and they can keep them coming back to some extent, but you've got to have a high-quality product because as fun and interesting as sort of a talent is, if you don't have good product, people won't come back. Sure, yeah. Um, so that's one piece. And I think the second piece on the brand is we want to make sure that, you know, People know that we're Emma Chamberlain's brand, but also that, you know, we can stand on our own as well, right? We're not totally relying on that single channel for marketing. We have all sorts of other channels from, you know, out of home to paid media to, uh, you know, podcasts. We have other ways we can capture consumers without solely relying on Emma. Got it. Okay. Makes sense. And as you've, so as you've, you've jumped in and you've, you've seen other big brands, right? And then you have this kind of upstart brand and it's got a cool whimsical angle to it from the packaging and design. What have you been able to apply from your previous experience here? You know what I mean? Like what kinds of things were you able to lean back into that you had from some of your building block career experiences that you've been able to apply in this role? Yeah. yeah. I've made so many packaging mistakes <laughs> in the past. Uh, but no, look, packaging design is, is one thing that you mentioned that you know, I've made a lot of those mistakes and thinking about, you know, what do consumers want, right? Listening to them, um, thinking about what retailers want. I think, you know, one, one of the biggest things I've learned is like, don't develop things in a vacuum, right? Um, ask, right? Uh, ask your consumers, ask your retailers, look at the market data. Like the answers out there, if you just look a little, uh, look, look a little bit. Sure. Um, you know, part of it is, is going to be gut and trying to be ahead of the trend, but also um, you don't need to look for the obvious. You don't need to look and say, like, what new flavors are out there in coffee right now that people are buying? You can say, like, hey, what what flavor trends are out there in another space? What health trends are out there in another space and apply it to coffee? And then we do a lot of surveying consumers, too. Um, they... You know, we'll put a survey out there. We'll get tens of thousands of responses. So we have a very engaged user base. Uh, and so we get responses back pretty quickly. Of, hey, you know, uh, do you want chai tea was one of the last surveys we did. People said, yes, we put it out and then they bought a lot of it. Right. Got so, it. Makes sense. Yeah, really cool. Yeah. And, and you, 
because you've been around the beverage industry and you've been in different parts of the beverage industry, talk about coffee and what you've seen in terms of trends around coffee as a category. And then how do you think about Chamberlain in that category? Yeah. So as I think about the coffee trends, I think the biggest, the biggest one, right, that you see across the board is a switch to cold coffee. Um, so if you look any of the publicly traded companies like Dutch Bros or Starbucks, uh, you know, north of 70 to 80 percent of their drinks are now served cold. And so consumers are drinking coffee cold. And I, th- I think that speaks not just to how they want to drink coffee, but the occasions in which they drink it. And so it's no longer a hot beverage for the morning only. And people are using coffee lots of occasions throughout the day um, as a replacement for soda, as a replacement for something else. Uh, and so that's, that's really the biggest piece. Um, the other one I've really seen is, uh, along with that, is a switch in formats to single serves. And you saw that in pods, and you're seeing sure. it now in, in single serve cold brews. So that's another big piece. As you think about innovation and uh, product development, and you look out the next 6 to 12 months, anything on the radar screen that you're, you're thinking about in terms of um, either new product, new package, new flavor, uh, new angles for the market? Yeah, we have, we have, we have a lot of, uh, you know, we release pods, uh, that are compatible with Keurig uh, in December. And we'll be releasing espresso compatible pods, um, and we'll be releasing different flavors of both of those pods. Um, more flavored coffee, more teas coming out actually tomorrow. Uh, I don't know when this podcast is going out, <laughs> but tomorrow we have yes. we'll have four teas on our site, our first tea bags, and then we have a huge launch planned for April of this year nationwide. Wow. I can't share the details on now, but we will. Um, we're going to go big in April with a nationwide retail. Oh, very, very cool. And so, okay, that's a, a interesting. So then, as you think about retail, um, it's one thing to be producing product for e-commerce, right? And the, the kind of the route mm-hmm. to market around that and supply chain. You get a big retailer, and the you know different order quantities, um, different requirements around delivery. Like, have you had to shift things up to to be able to fulfill for that, or did you already have the infrastructure in place for that? That's a great question. We had the production infrastructure in place, but the fulfillment and distribution was a challenge. And so um, it, it's sort of it's big things like, you know, how do you get your product through a massive distributor like a KD or Unified uh, out and out to stores? And it's small things like we had no UPCs on any of our packaging uh, when I came in. Wow. Okay. Right? That's, got people. it. Yeah. Small and things. So, <laughs> And everything in between, right? And you're you're um, you're switching. My team's done an amazing job at, at making a big pivot over the course of less than a year from going uh, and shipping out, you know, two coffee bags or three coffee bags at a time to shipping truckloads. And that's that's a huge shift. And I don't know if a lot of D to C brands appreciate like what that means in going from D to C to retail. It's not just winning an account. There's a lot that goes behind that. Yeah, no doubt. And by the way, nice job on not only your website, ChamberlainCoffee.com, but also your store on the store at Amazon. Somebody did a really nice job on developing that, um, which is a great storefront. So, okay, that very, very cool and exciting. What about the team? As you've been there, have you had to bring on people? Were there already, is it already a good team in place? What, how have you thought about people? Yeah, there was a, there was a strong team in place. It was small, um, and they're really operationally focused and e-com focused. Um, and leveraging a lot of really, really strong agencies. We've stayed with most of our agencies from paid media uh, to social to um, e-com agencies for the life cycle of the company. We're still a 10-person company, so we're yeah. still pretty small. Totally. Um, and we'll be hiring out more. So a couple of the key roles I hired when I started were, were in sales and marketing. And as we grow and as we look to be more in retail, we'll hire 
more sales, more feet on the street, sure. uh, as well as more people to support retail marketing efforts. Yeah, I love that. Um, yeah, and of course you've got to, right? I mean, especially as you start getting, if you get into a broader retail um, presence, I mean, just managing some of those relationships and the angles around that are different than fulfilling e-commerce orders, right? Um and then as you think about some of your biggest lessons learned um, in, in role today, uh, in, in just only the two plus years you've been there, anything that sticks out that you'd share with our audience? We've got a lot of leaders and founders that, and entrepreneurs that listen. Um, anything that you, you could share with them, either that you've learned here or in prior roles, that would be kind of really good coaching or advice? Yeah, that's right. Let me, I actually did a little prep for ah, this and, and nice. wrote it down. So. I think some of the things uh, that I've thought about in this role um, are are unique in the sense of, you know, the, some of the roles I've been in before have been, you know, growing large companies, even larger or, or sort of startup, uh, you know, zero dollars to, to 10 or 15. Sure. And now we're in a position where we're in between that. And so really thinking about not how do you get the uh, proof of concept done, right? But how now that you have proof of concept done, now you... Now it's clear people want it. How do you get to the next level? And a lot of that is about building out the right team, getting the right people in place for the right stage of the company. Sure. You know, how do we get people to um, who have seen this before, who have understood the exact stage we're in of setting up distributors and getting into retailers and setting up merchandisers and sort of on the flip side of setting up supply chains or transferring supply chains from like stage A to stage B. So getting the right people in place with the right level of experience and at the right stage of the company has been pretty critical. Uh, and then I think the other piece is really um, like engaging with consumers. This has been the most engaging brand I've ever worked on. Um, people are so passionate about this brand more than anything I've ever worked with, including Red Bull and Heineken. And, and so really thinking about how to leverage that that um that connection with consumers because it's very powerful uh, and they expect a lot of you. Right? Sure. So thinking about how do you leverage that engagement with the consumers to broaden the brand awareness even more. You know, that's awesome and great advice even without your notes. See? <laughs> I love it. Man, it's so cool. Uh, great brand, great packaging and, and potential for growth, especially if you, you're just getting into kind of, you know, an initial major retailer. You know, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of stretch and runway for the brand, which is pretty exciting. Um, Chris, share with our audience where they can find you, connect with you, buy product, et cetera. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the easiest way to find us is chamberlaincoffee.com. We're also Chamberlain Coffee across most social media or Chamberlain Cough on Twitter. Chamberlain Cough. Got it. It's easy, right? Yeah. <laughs> so cool. Exactly. Chris Gallant, CEO, Chamberlain Coffee. Um, you got to come back on down the road. It's great meeting you. Uh, excited for you guys and would love to have you back on and share some more of your story down the road. Thank you, Justin. The Contender Cast is powered by Contender Brands and is the top global consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast. You can find additional ContenderCast episodes on worldwide podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at ContenderCast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.